Welcome to Always and Forever, a One Tree Hill podcast where two lifelong friends and superfans analyze and dissect the greatest teen show of the early 2000s. This week we are discussing Truth Bitter Truth, the eighth episode of season two, which was written by Stacey Ruckheiser, directed by Billy Dixon, and originally aired on the WB on November 9th, 2004. And Caitlin, let me tell you a little bit about Stacey Ruckheiser. Ooh, tell me. Um, so let me tell you, I did a little bit more um, intense research for her, because I actually watched a piece of her work right before recording this episode, and Are I will serious? tell you about that in a bit, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, just to give you a little bit a little bit of background on her, she, uh, she began acting in some, like, one-off episodes on several shows, including Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. She got her first writing job in 2002 on Without a Trace. And then she moved on to having a TV movie called Fearless in 2004. Then she moved on to One Tree Hill, where she was a writer and story editor for about a year. Then she went on to uh, just be a writer and executive producer on a few shows. Uh, Standoff, October Road, Gigantic, uh, Greek, The Lion Game, and Twisted. And most recently, between 2015 and 2018, she worked on the show Unreal. Did you ever watch that? Did we talk about that show? No, I've never seen it. Unreal, it's about uh, the, the behind-the-scenes of a reality TV crew. It's a fictional show, but, like... I've heard of the title, Sh- but... Sherry Appleby's in it, yeah. Like, everybody keeps recommending that show to me. I'm really fascinated by it, but, yeah. Uh, but she ended up becoming the writer and showrunner for the third season of that show, so she became, like, a, a girl boss. Love to say it. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, most recently... She is the creator and executive producer of a show on Netflix called Sex Life. Really? Yes. That's Have you heard about that show? I have heard about that show. So I actually watched the first episode right before we sat down to record. It is pretty good. So wait a minute. She's the showrunner? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. It's wild. Yeah. So, uh, the, so the series is based on B.B. Easton's book, 44 Chapters About Four Men. And this, uh, this particular quote that, uh, that Stacey said to the pop culturalist really resonated with me. So the question was, could you introduce us to Sex Life and the inspiration behind the series? And Stacey responded, Sex Life, and just to clarify, the show is spelled Sex Slash Life. I don't know what the proper title is to actually say it out loud, yeah. but whatever. Anyway, she says, Sex life is this nostalgia-fueled, sparkly, fever dream version of the past. Those fabulous single girl nights on the town, the best sex you've ever had, and the impossibly sexy man you had it with. But it's also rooted in this honest exploration of what happens to us as we grow up and allegedly become grown-ups and the choices we have to make along the way. It's a look at the age-old question, can you have it all? Oh, that's intriguing. Yeah, so I I watched the first episode, though, and, you know, it's just setting up. But the main character, uh, she's basically, like, reminiscent about how, like, she used to have so much sex with, like, several different men, like, back when she was much younger, living in the city. But she kept getting burned by all these guys. And now she's married. She's married to, like, a very, very sexy guy. Like, he's, like, perfect in every possible way. He's never lied to her. He's just a wonderful, wonderful guy, wonderful father. He's great. But she's really she's not satisfied because she's not having any sex with him, essentially. Got it. So she started journaling all of her thoughts and everything about like her previous sexual experiences, and it's yeah, it goes wild. I won't spoil anything for anybody who wants to check it out. Oh, that's cool that she has a show on Netflix. That's super. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, but the first episode went places though. 
also pretty raunchy. So if you're, you know, please do not watch the show unless you're 17 or older. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, the title, uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like even I was watching, I was like, oh, am I suddenly a prude? Like, this this is something, you know? (laughs) That's hilarious. But I enjoy it, though, and yeah, I just gotta say, go Stacey Rockeyser for putting this together and for all of your work. I don't know if the show got picked up for a second season yet or anything, but... That's awesome. We shall say. Oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> go, Stacey, go! Woo! As a reminder, this podcast is spoiler-free, but stay tuned after the credits for a fully spoiled discussion. Somebody told me that this is the place where everything's better and everything's safe. a slumber party for Peyton, Haley, and Anna, and many secrets are revealed throughout the night. Brooke slept with Felix in Haley's bed, Peyton did cocaine with Rick, and Haley lied to Nathan about recording a song with Chris. They also open up to each other about the double standard the girls face when it comes to sexuality. Later on, Anna confronts Felix about how he treats Brooke, and he reveals that he likes Brooke a lot, but it's against the rules, and he doesn't know what to do. In other news, Karen confronts Peyton about Brick doing drugs a trick on opening night and says she will not tolerate that behavior. And in typical Karen Rowe fashion, she firmly tells Rick that he is no longer welcome in her club. Nathan and Lucas go on a road trip to see a Charlotte Bobcats basketball game. But after the game, Nathan reveals to Lucas that there is more to the trip than he originally let on. He tells Lucas that the next day they will be getting a free HCM test to see if they have inherited the heart issue that Dan has. There is a one in two chance that they will have the gene. Nathan takes the test and ends up being fine, but Lucas refuses to take the test because basketball is such a big part of his life and he doesn't know what he would do without it. Lucas also asks Nathan to lie for him and say that he took the test and is fine. Elsewhere, Karen and Andy and Keith and Jules bump into each other on date night, and things are awkward. Later on, Andy appears to give Karen an A on her paper without reading it, and Karen becomes upset by this and leaves his house. In the end, though, Andy reveals that he actually did read the paper and believes Karen truly deserves an A. And Keith gives Jules a key to his place. Looking for my iPod and cassette adapter, I'm Caitlin Ellenich. And having a girl talk with my besties, I am Jeremy Rodriguez. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, the slumber party. This episode's fantastic. I really love this one. It's a standout <laughs> episode, I think, for season two. Oh, I love it. I always look forward to this whenever I rewatch season two. And I just honestly forget how, like, fucking smart it was. I mean... I, like, when I was younger, I don't think I realized, like, how smart the writing is, how how feminist a lot of the lines are. And no wonder a woman wrote it. Yeah, exactly. After you just, like, went on about Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. That's exactly what I said. Like, because I didn't I did do research until after I watched the episode. And, like, like, how good the writing was in that particular conversation or the slumber party, I had to, like, I had to look up. I was like, wait a minute. Is this episode written by a woman? It, it's, it seems like it is. I'm like, yep, 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 it is. I don't know <laughs> if an episode like this could be written by a man, honestly. It's just done really well. And we'll get to their mm-hmm. whole conversation um, yes. later on. But yeah, it does scream like feminism. Like, I just, I love it. <laughs> I love Same. it. Same. But first, let's talk about this song that the episode is titled after Truth Better Truth by Marianne Faithful. 
this was a very uh, upbeat song, like a very uh, high energy, made us feel good. <laughs> Am I right, Caitlin? Jeremy's being sarcastic. <laughs> like, really sarcastic. No shade to Marianne Faithful. I'm sure Marianne Faithful is lovely. <laughs> it. It didn't make me feel good, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. It was really kind of a downer. I couldn't even listen to the full song. I read all the lyrics, but I couldn't even listen to like the the full song because it was it just it's felt, like seven minutes. It was just so long and like <laughs> slow and on and on. But I started playing, I'm like, this is seven minutes and fifty three seconds. I, I think that's how long it was. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, I don't have time for that. Yeah. Right it, it's too long. I did listen to the whole thing because I'm a good podcaster, but you know. <laughs> Well, I'm not a very good one because I did not. Oh, you didn't listen to <laughs> I wasn't even trying to say that. <laughs> I read all the lyrics and listened to part of it and got the gist. I was like, I, I can't. I, I just can't. <laughs> so when you read the lyrics, what did you what did you think? How did you think this connected to the episode? Well, first off, I think it's interesting that the whole song is made up of questions. Like, literally the whole song. It's question after question. And what I kind of got from it is that, like, the narrator seems to be, like, coming to terms with the truth. Whatever that truth is, is kind of unclear. It's just kind of almost reminiscing about the past and, like, what could have been and where things went wrong. And I think just generally... That literally sounds like the synopsis of Sex Life. (laughs) (laughs) Which is kind of funny. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's funny. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but I'm just like, wow, that's literally the show. Anyway, uh, keep oh going. My gosh. <laughs> so basically, this whole episode is focused on truth in a way. Like, there are a lot of different secrets that are being kept or being revealed in this episode. Like, well, first off, Haley keeps the secret, or basically, she lies to Nathan or omits the truth, whatever, however you want to say it, and yeah. doesn't tell him that she's recording a song with Chris. Peyton's secret about doing cocaine with Rick is revealed. Um, well, Brooke and Felix have sex in Haley's bed, <laughs> and Haley finds that out. That's more of a funny one, not not a serious, but uh, it's still a secret. Right. And then we have Lucas, who wants to keep the secret about the H- HCM test. From his That's family true. and friends. He doesn't yeah. want, like, his mom and Haley to know that he didn't get it. So, yeah, what were your thoughts? Anything else to add? <laughs> I I think you covered it, honestly. <laughs> Those are the exact same notes I have written down, so, yeah, cool. Cool. This is a great discussion. Excellent. a great, upbeat song. Yeah, it's pretty rare when we don't have, like, a ton to say about the song, but... <laughs> Yeah, I think it generally relates, but I don't know. I feel like I just needed to be in the right mindset to listen to this song. I feel like I needed to be, like, in that mood where I just wanted to, like, sit down and, like, cry in my bed. And I just wasn't in the mood to sit down and cry in my bed, Well, that's good. I'm glad you weren't in that mood. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Aw, sad, Jeremy. Who knows? Who knows? Next time I'm sad and I want to lay down in my bed, I'll revisit this song. And I'll let you all know. Be like, yeah, this song's actually pretty banning. I love it. (laughs) Oh, so All let's right. talk about your favorite person ever. <laughs> yes. character, but person. Yes, let's. Felix. 
Felix is my favorite character, and I am so excited to be talking about him. Honestly, he is the driving force behind One Tree Hill. Like, I can't believe that, like, Shadow Marker Murray leaves the show and Michael Copan becomes the star. It's, it's oh, wild. Oh, snap. Yeah. Next episode, that happens, actually. I'm so, oh, we're not in the spoiler segment. Why do I keep doing this to myself? Oh, no. Wow, a lot changes in one episode. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it. Jeez. <laughs> Literally everybody on the show dies, and then <laughs> Felix becomes the soul character it's like becomes a one-man show you're terrible you're just like literally terrible (laughs) (laughs) i'm the worst i know (laughs) okay but for real your favorite person seriously let's talk about her (laughs) yes (laughs) so yeah uh brooke spends the night with felix they go back into uh their and then they, they go back to brooke's place and brooke finds out that her bed's not there kind of funny (laughs) it is kind of funny like i like how the episode started even though you know i know we hate felix but it started from them moving from his bedroom and then it pans over to her house where they sneak into her bedroom and they're not even paying attention and then boop they're on the floor because there's no bed there (laughs) like it is quite comical how that was shot and everything i love it yeah also you notice we had an open voiceover from brooke i know is this the first is this the first episode where there's a character other than Lucas who doesn't open in voiceover? I believe so. Because that was like, that took me off guard. I was like, oh, was this the beginning of this? I know. Because, spoiler alert, you do see other characters do voiceovers eventually. Yeah, for sure. But I like saying that. So Brooks opening voiceover says the following. Someone once said, it's the good girls who keep diaries. The bad girls never have the time. Me? I just want to live a life I'm going to remember even if I don't write it down. It kind of matches. Yeah, it is cute. It kind of matches the scene, though, because it was, like, a happy scene. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It it was, like, lighthearted, basically. And I think that really kind of represents Brooke's mindset now. Like, she wants to live a full life. Mm Mm-hmm. And she was all giddy at the beginning, too, because she said, you know, she basically thanks Felix for uh, taking care of her the night before. It was... I know. <laughs> she doesn't know yet, but everyone else knows. I know. He lied about the whole thing. But what that he tells the truth about at the end is when he tells Anna that he actually really likes her. And I'm sorry, I still don't feel any sympathy for him. <laughs> I don't feel it. Yeah. I mean, originally I did. I mean, I'm looking at him with different eyes now. But I, you're meant to feel for him. You are. But he hasn't really, he hasn't done anything great to really show that he likes her anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that it's against the rules, Brooke, Brooke's rules that she, you know, her rider that he, she gave to him. But still, like, if you honestly like someone, you should just say it. Yeah, just, you know, <laughs> just fucking say it. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I have written out of my notes as well. And then he gets in the fucking shower. The water is hot. And so <laughs> is Felix. The water is wet. And so is Felix. I'm sorry, that whole scene in the apartment is hilarious to me. <laughs> it really is. Like, I can't help but laugh still, even, you know, knowing he's terrible, but... Uh, you're talking about the scene in the, where, where uh, Haley finds him in the shower? That is uh, pretty Oh, funny. that's hilarious. Yes. And he's singing in the shower, and he's coming out, and he's just so cocky and everything, like... Oh, my God. It's supposed to be funny, and I still think it is funny, but... Oh, gosh. <laughs> 
It just reminds me of, like, I feel like this is always a trope in, like, TV shows. Whenever, like, the girls are having a slumber party, there's always a boy who comes in and then ruins all the fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I feel like it's just a... Uh, it's just a regular thing that happens all the time. I can't think of any concrete examples off the top of my head right now. I, but I remember kept thinking, I was like, oh, come on, I don't want the boys to be here. I want to see all the girls hanging out. I you know. know. That's the interesting stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. boys, go away. Go away. Bye. Yes, we don't want you. <laughs> <laughs> but how awkward is this for Anna? <laughs> like, did you think about that? Like, having these conversations yes. about Brooke sleeping with her brother and, like, He's showering, and they walk in on them having sex. Like, oh my gosh, this has got to be so... (laughs) I would be scarred. (laughs) If I was Anna, I would be scarred and be running out of that apartment. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And what what Brooke says to Anna, and Brooke's terrible to Anna, which, like, she addresses in the episode, which I, like, really like. So, like, but right now I just think it could be funny. Um... Hi, I'm Brooke. We haven't officially been introduced, but you're dating my ex-boyfriend, and I'm sleeping with your brother, so it looks like we have a lot in common. (laughs) That's a good Brooke quote. Like, it really is. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, I guess so. They do have a lot in common. There's... It's something. I'm kind of glad that they addressed the tension there a little bit, because that's real. There would, there really would be some tension because she is seeing Lucas, kind of, and Brooke sleeping with Felix. Like, I don't know. I think that's super realistic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like maybe it'll start off being intense, but then you know they address it. They realize, hey, like maybe we can be friends. Yeah, and Brooke, you know, she addresses it, like you said at the end. So, mm-hmm. and apologizes. Yeah, that's why I feel, yeah, we could, like, we definitely have space for this, like, catty girl drama where, like, women are against each other. But it's because at the end of the day, they end up realizing they love each other and they should be there for each other. And that's what matters the most. It just, let's talk about the slumber party because I feel like it's naturally coming to that. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, wait, do you want to, like, interrupt, actually? And, like, because I I feel like we should lead up to the slumber party. Let's talk about Haley and Chris recording. Okay. So Brooke is wanting to to plan this slumber party from the very beginning of the episode, and she's with Haley, and Chris asks Haley if she would like to record that night. And she was all hesitant at first, even though, didn't Chris ask in the last episode? He said, like, I have studio time coming up, but he didn't say, like, a specific day or anything like that. But, yeah, I think the real issue is the fact that she lied to Nathan about it. Like, yeah. she can be excited. She said she was just hanging out with Brock, yeah. She can be excited to hang out or to record with Chris. But why did she have to omit, omit that? You know, when Nathan asks her, like, what are you going to do in the meantime before the party, the slumber party? Yeah. Well, you know, we saw in the previous episode that Chris told Nathan, uh, you know how many people want to ban your wife tonight? Uh, but Haley doesn't know about that conversation, you know? At least as far as we know, she doesn't know about that conversation. I know. I feel like on the viewer's end, we know that Nathan, like, yeah, he had that encounter with Chris, and he was starting to, like, you could visibly see, like, him starting to think, and it, like, it's it's dawning on him that, you know, if she becomes famous or starts to build a following, like, she's going to get attention from people. So Mm. I feel like we've seen that, but has we haven't seen that Haley's seen Nathan's reaction, you know? Right. 
Yeah, exactly. So I, I feel like if she knew, if Haley knew about that interaction and like she saw that Nathan was being insecure or whatnot, like maybe, I mean, the lie isn't justified at all. Like you shouldn't lie, but I feel like I would understand it a little bit more. Yeah. But I know she says at the end, she's afraid to like go after what she wants, but I don't know how much weight that actually holds for the story. I know. Because Nathan's so supportive of her going after what she wants, too. You know? Exactly. He's the one who's pushed her. So I don't know why she needs to feel, like, self-conscious or, like, guilty for, you know, recording with Chris just because he's a guy. Right. It seems like the first time they're recording shouldn't be a big deal. But if they maybe were continuing to record and Nathan started to say something and make a comment about that and then she lied, it would make a little bit more sense. I'm not saying her lies justified, but like it would make more sense for the storyline. Yeah, we understand her motivation behind it. Yeah, Yeah. it's just. Well, they're adding drama to the story. I guess you could say that. Or maybe, like, you know, this is, like, trying to make, like, a deeper commentary on the patriarchy in general. Like, the fact that Haley is still, you know, even though her husband is so supportive of her, she still feels guilty about going after what she wants. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's attempting to have a bigger message, and maybe we're just not necessarily seeing it. I don't know. Possibly. I don't know. I feel like it doesn't delve too deep into it. Just emphasizes that she lied and like when she was listening to the track when nathan came home she also hid that too like that would have been a perfect time to say hey last minute chris asked me to record and this is what we recorded last night what do you think you know yeah like share it with him like you know make him a part of it you know because like if she lied originally she could kind of make up for it by just sharing it you know the next day and Mm -hmm. let it go which it makes me wonder if they're trying to, like, build some type of, like, attraction between Haley and Chris. Because I gotta admit that Naley fans are gonna get pissed off at me for saying this. Uh, but when they're recording together, and then they, like, they're, like, right up on the microphones together, and the moment where Chris takes the papers, like, the lyrics away from Haley, that moment's hot. <laughs> really? I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> like, but like, there's you know, there's a moment where like Haley is like looking at him like while he's sitting, or like when she, or when she's starting to sit, she's looking at him, and then and then Chris like points to the microphone and is like, no, look at the microphone because like she's so like entranced by him, and then like Haley looks out at the lyric sheet, and then Chris is like, no, you don't need the lyric sheet, and then takes the sheet away from her. Well, see, the thing is with singers, it doesn't matter you know who it is. Like if you're doing a duet, you have to have some kind of chemistry in order right. for it to like have emotion. Mm-hmm. So is the chemistry real, or is the chemistry just, like, based in music? Yeah, that's a good point. It's too early to tell, but... Yeah, I don't know. Also, just uh, just a funny note about the recorded session. I thought it was hilarious that Bethany Joy Lenz is singing badly on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) Like, she's singing on key and everything, but, like, it's just, like, that's not how her voice normally sounds. I don't know, I thought that was so funny. I was like, oh, you're really... (laughs) Oh, that is funny. I noticed that, too. I was like, yeah, this doesn't sound like I obviously know the song well. So, like, this doesn't sound right. This is not how her her voice is, like, deeper, almost, Mm -hmm. in the actual version. Yeah. It's like dancing where the stars go blue. Exactly. Not dancing where the stars go blue. (laughs) Gosh, I'm going to hurt my ears when I edit that later. Oh, goodness. (laughs) Ha <laughs>
But shall we move on to talking about uh, the whole uh, Peyton and Rick dynamic? Oh, the storyline. Wow. Well, so yeah. first off, we have Karen confronting Peyton about it. Mm-hmm. Because we found out that Haley told Karen. Haley didn't talk to Peyton about it first. Yeah. Um, which gets addressed later at the slumber party. But didn't tell Karen about Peyton actually doing the drugs. That's what it, Which is good. Yeah, that's good. I, I feel like that is a good way to just, like, you know, keep confidence on your friends. It's like, hey, that's not yours. <laughs> that's not my story to tell, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad that that was addressed and that Karen, you know, basically told off Rick. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's like, dumb move, lady. And she's like, actually, it's the smartest move I've made all day. And I think that's the end of that storyline. <laughs> yeah, right? pretty much. I don't think Rick <laughs> yeah. ever comes back or anything. I'm not saying a word. Does he? Said so, you want to go to the slumber <laughs> party? <laughs> now I'm like, I can't remember. I'll tell you in the spoiler segment. Let's remember. Can I just say that I miss slumber parties? I know, right? <laughs> And the, the sad thing is, I didn't get to experience them, really, until I came out as gay when I was, like... When did I come out? As, when did I come out? I came out when I was 15, officially. But that's when my mom was, like, actually okay with me, like, sleeping over at, like, girls' places. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, like, I didn't get, like, those whole formative experiences where you're, like, 12 and you, like, you know, have slumber parties with your friends and everything like that. I didn't get to experience them until much later in life. And I'm just saying, I am 30 now, and I would be okay with having slumber parties on the rag, you know? <laughs> They're a lot of fun! Like, they really are! Yeah. Let's do facials, let's eat junk food, I totally want to do it. Let's play, uh, Mary- let's use a Ouija board. <laughs> <laughs> and play uh, Mary, Date, or Dump. Did you ever play that game? I don't think... Uh, Mary, Date, or Dump? Yeah, I played that. But I, I don't think it was called that, but basically. Fuck, like you're you, probably thinking of Fuck, Mary, Kill. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, you're as either a real person or a celebrity or something, and then you have yeah. to decide what you would do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I never heard about that board game, and I just saw that Peyton had it. But yeah, it was a real board game. The description says, the decision's decision. Should you marry a movie star or date a rock star? Even if you thought you'd never get to that decision, you will when you play this game. Decide whether you'll marry, date, or dump the movie stars, athletes, and rock stars. Your opponents have to guess what your choices will be. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> there are all oh kinds God. of games, and oh my gosh, you watch so many movies, and yeah, we did- Yes. We did, uh- I guess we did facials or, like, painting our nails or foot massages or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Foot massages? Really? I remember one time we did that. (laughs) Okay. I never saw that get done before at a slumber party, but I don't hate it. (laughs) Well, it was, like, one of those... I don't know what it was. It was, like, one of those, um spa things where you put your feet in i think <laughs> i don't know wait oh, you mean like the things for like uh pedicures yeah i don't know what it's really called but i don't know we what they're called either but yeah i know what the- oh those feel good okay that's cool i i just had this i just had this image of like you know you like your friends like massaging your feet i'm like that's i mean that's cool do what you want but um <laughs> i was like i didn't know that was the thing people did <laughs> one specific time i don't know why i don't think we did it a lot i think it was just one or two times <laughs> <laughs> oh there's yeah 
We did a bunch of crafts. Oh my god, we did everything. Oh, so much fun. Let's bring them back. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they rocked. Never too old for a slumber party. Anyway. <laughs> 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 oh, pillow fights. I feel like I definitely did that at one point. Yeah. <laughs> did you actually have the pillow fights where, like, feathers would fly out of the pillows? Because that is such a movie and TV show thing. Because <laughs> does anybody ever think, shit, we gotta clean this up? Do people use feather pillows <laughs> also? Yeah, do people actually... Another thing, do people actually use those? <laughs> because <laughs> I have never used a feather pillow. Yeah. If you use a feather pillow and you've had pillow fights where the feathers actually fly, send us a pillow emoji. I bet there's a pillow emoji. There should be one, right? There should be. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) But I love how this whole summer party starts off. (laughs) Where... I just think that that whole exchange where they're all, like, yelling at each other is so iconic. She's like, so wait a minute, the shower at your house is broken, so <laughs> you're telling me Felix had to come all the way over here and use mine? Uh, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a second. You you don't have a bed, do you? Uh, did you tell me you didn't have sex in my bed, Brooke? <laughs> I'm already washing your sheets! <laughs> oh my god, ew, ew! <laughs> They already yelled at me. What is the big deal? Okay, the big deal is, okay, well, first off, you did not thank me for helping you with the CDs. Second of all, you had sex in my bed. And third, you ate all the brownies. (laughs) And Anna's like, actually, I had a couple. She's like, that's not the point. I don't even have this written down. I just remember this. Are you serious? I thought you were reading it right now. (laughs) No. That's how iconic I see this scene, because I just remember it so vividly. Oh my god, that was fantastic! (laughs) How did you do that? I don't remember the entire exchange, and then it's like, uh, then it's like, Haley lied to Nathan! Not exactly. Yes, you did. About what? Nothing. Haley. (laughs) Oh my god. If you want to talk about bad behavior, you might want to sit this one out. What is that supposed to mean? (laughs) (laughs) It really was the perfect setup, though, with all these secrets. Uh-huh, yeah. Like, you find out, like, every, everybody finds out all the things at once. Mm-hmm. Like, at least I didn't lie to my husband, and I hated out with Chris. Whoa! Well, paints and cocaine with that Rick guy. <laughs> Haley, what? You had sex in her bed! <laughs> it's so good! I love it! <laughs> oh, it's good stuff. And then she rips, like, the little uh, Biore strip yep. off of... <laughs> It's so good. I just love that exchange so much. Like, it's one of my favorite parts of that this episode, probably of this season, let's be honest here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was just the four of them together. Like, it just, I don't know. They all have such good chemistry. Like, it mm-hmm. felt real, you know, like an actual slum- slumber party where you're telling secrets yeah. or, you know, yelling I, at each I other. Just outside. <laughs> yeah. I just gotta say, when they get to this episode on Drama Queens, Danielle Alonso better be a guest. I know, right? For this specific episode. She (laughs) better be. It would be so cool if they actually got together, they actually did facials and everything, they actually did a slumber party. That would be so cute. (laughs) I would support this. I would have video podcasts of all of them together. (laughs) But yeah. So we have all that fun stuff, that fun scene there. And then the conversation definitely takes a turn to, like, some heavier stuff. Mm-hmm. Specifically, Brooke and Felix and their whole situation. Mm-hmm. And 
I remember Anna said that it's, I think she said her word was foul. It's really foul (laughs) what they're doing. Which then leads to the whole conversation about, you know, it being a double standard for girls. Mm -hmm. Like this kind of relationship that that Felix and Brooke have. Right, exactly. And to clarify, I feel like this conversation is very nuanced because they're not shaming the idea of like Brooke having casual sex. But they are pointing out the fact this isn't, like, Brooke, this isn't what you want. Like, you know, Peyton specifically says, like, I know you. This is not what you want. So you're not being true to yourself right now. And I really, really love that. That's a good point. I wasn't really sure. Like, as I was rewatching this, I was paying close attention. And I wasn't sure what your thoughts are going to be about it. Because, like, at first mm-hmm. it feels like they're kind of shaming her. But then the yeah. but then the conversation you know goes in a different direction. Yeah, I was worried about that. So yeah, I thought they were gonna really be shaming the whole idea of like sleeping with your friends, like not having like a romantic connection. But I don't think that's what they were doing. I think they were just trying to say like, Brooke, this isn't what you personally wants, and it's okay that Brooke doesn't personally want that. Yeah, and I think also Felix comes into play here because like. The way he treats her, he's not that, he's not a good guy. We've already determined that. And, like, Anna mm-hmm. even knows how he treats Brooke and the things he says right. and does. So, I think they're also being critical of, like, all right, you're going to do have this kind of, kind of relationship and you're choosing to have it with this person, <laughs> you know? And I really loved the thing that Anna said specifically. Spoiler alert, this is my favorite quote. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to read it now because it just organically comes into the conversation. Um because even though Brooks uh, insists that it's about sex, she's saying she, you know, she's basically saying, like, screw the double standard. And then Anna said, that's good, Brooke, you should say it. And so should I and every other girl who was tired of playing their game by their rules. Don't be too fat or too thin or too dark or too light. Don't be too sexual or too chaste or too smart or too dumb. Be yourself, but make sure you fit in. That's also my favorite quote. <laughs> Spoiler oh, alert. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Like, that quote is so impactful. Very before its fucking time, too. I know. That's another reason why a woman wrote this episode. Like, Mm -hmm. it is before its time. Like, this is a conversation that I would be expecting to hear right now. Or maybe even within, like, the last 10 years. But in 2004? Not really. And the fact that, like, I know a woman wrote this episode, but it's also, like, the show... We what we know about the creator of this show, it's like wow, like you can produce something that is meaningful and is really like taking a stab at the patriarchy. But the way you treated the women on the show was totally different. Yeah, and it's ugh. it's so twisted. I don't know what my thoughts are, but that yeah, I I just don't even know. It's it's very complicated in that way. The fact that like. I don't even want to give him too much credit, though, because at the end of the day, like, Stacey Rockheiser, uh, she produced this episode. Not produced it, but, you know, wrote the episode. And I feel like I want to give, like, I want to give the credit to her right now, but... I do. At the same time, he had to sign off on it, too. That's what so. I mean. Like, <laughs> yes. he had to agree that this was okay to air. That's really it's so wild. wild. But, yeah, I love that quote so much. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really glad that Stacey actually got to bring, like, a good message forward like that. Because I feel like this is, like, very important for, like, young women to say. Like, both in 2004 and today, you know? It's true, though. Like, it's such an important thing for young women. 
for any woman, really, because the quote is so true. Mm-hmm. You are constantly being told to be yourself, but you have to also fit in to what society wants to see in you. Like, you can't be too sexual, but you can't be too prudish at the same time. So where do you fit in? <laughs> like, where, where, what are you supposed to be? Like, you're either yep. shamed or, like, made fun of. Like, I, I just remember that being called, like, a prude. I hated that. Because yeah. I, I, I absolutely hated that. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with that? Like, what do you want from me? Then as soon as she started having sex, like, oh, you're a slut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... I can't speak about this from personal experience, no. but just, just damn. Like, I just really feel... That just makes me sad, you know? Yeah, so I really, like, I feel this quote. I feel it, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. from experience, so... I got you. It's a lot. It definitely is. And I feel like it hits all different topics, like, you know, body shape and skin color and... Like, it, there's a much more to that quote, also. For sure, Yeah. I don't even know how to segue to the next part. Jeremy, do you have anything more to say about this? Uh, no, I, th- I think we pretty much like covered it. That was just a good summer party. So let's go on a road trip. Yes. To see the Charlotte Bobcats. <laughs> I loved this whole storyline. Really? Why did you love it? I loved seeing Nathan and Lucas removed from everything else. And they, you know, enjoyed a game. Like it was something that they had in common. And then it also delves into, like, their shared father, you know, and the genes that he is passing on, potentially passing on to his sons. I don't know. It's really, I don't really have the right word to describe it, but I, I think it's really eye-opening to, like, it reveals a lot about their their relationship. Yeah, I really like seeing these two, like, actually just be bros. Mm-hmm. Like, actually having a good time together. Yeah, there was a little bit of dramatic tension toward the end when Lucas decides to not take the test and whatnot. But it was definitely, it, it was just, it was really cute to say. See them laugh at the game and everything. Oh, and the, I love the scene in the car when Lucas plugs in his cassette adapter. <laughs> and that <laughs> song, it's called Holiday by Dr. Cosmos. Oh, <laughs> by the way, it's in research. Well, I did our playlist, Jeremy. Oh, uh, of course, yes. <laughs> and it's, it's just so funny because Nathan's like, "What is that?" And Lucas is like, "I have no idea." <laughs> and it's, yeah, to me, that's like an iconic scene because I always remember that road trip and that song playing, and it's just so awkward. I don't know. It's well acted too. It, it's just such a funny yeah, cute real. moment, really. <laughs> And at the end of the episode, and they put the song on again. They're like, oh, you might as well make the most of it and try to have fun with us, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love oh, it so much. I love that. But what did you think about uh, Lucas's decision not to take the HCM test? So I get his reasoning that basketball is too much, like it's such a big part of his life now. But I feel like that's not a good enough reason to not take the test. Your brother is taking the test and I don't know. I feel like in a way, like that should be, that should almost encourage Lucas to take it even more because Nathan is. Basketball is mm-hmm. also a big part of Nathan's life. I, I get the fear. A one in two chance, that's scary. Yeah, it is. Um, I almost wonder if it was triggered by the fact that, so uh, Nathan pointed out that like, oh, basketball isn't the most important thing to me right now. Haley is. 
and I owe this to her. And I always wonder if, like, Lucas was, like, hearing that and saying, like, okay, well, I don't have anybody like that in my life. Yeah. I know he's dating Anna right now, but... True. It always makes me wonder, like, does he have somebody to live for? Does he have anything to fulfill him right now? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, he's not in a relationship, but, like, his mom obviously cares about him so much. Haley cares about him. Nathan cares about him. Like, yeah, even Brooke sure. and Peyton care about him. So, like, I don't know. I feel like there's a there are a lot of people on his side just because he's not in a relationship. I don't know. Yeah. It just, I, I just wonder if he's putting a lot of, like, uh, emphasis on, like, the romantic stuff in his life, mm-hmm. you know? Potentially. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not even saying anything definitive. That's just me, like, forming a hypothesis, because just made me wonder, you know? I mean, like, if he has, if he does have HCM, then playing basketball, like, you're going to feel the effects of that, and that's, like, life-threatening. So... yeah. I mean, if you don't have it, then okay, you're fine, but you'll never know that you're fine. It's really complicated. Right. And that the end of that storyline, which was at the very end of the episode, when Nathan comes and shares his results and says he's fine, and then Lucas is like, one and two, right? It's like, oh my god. Yeah, it's like this big foreboding uh-huh. thing. Like, what? what does this mean? Yeah. That was a powerful moment. Yeah. Because it is foreboding. Yeah. I don't want to say that's a good way to have the episode, but it was, uh... It was powerful. It was a good way. It was powerful. Yeah. Security, Andy. <laughs> it's hard to transition. There's so many different storylines going on in this episode. I know. Honestly, they... And also, I feel like there's, like, so many things that we want to say. They're like, we can't talk about this yet. I know. <laughs> yep, you're right. So, yeah, Karen and Anze. Uh, Can we just talk about the fact that Karen kissed him on campus? I was so, I felt so awkward rewatching that. (laughs) So awkward. I'm like, this is not okay. to begin with is bad enough, but come on. (laughs) Like, we've already established on this podcast that it's not okay. But, like, that's really not okay. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so uncomfortable. Yeah, it made me really, really (laughs) uncomfortable. Like, really, really uncomfortable. And then the whole scene with the paper. And he goes into Mm -hmm. the room, and at the time, you're led to believe that, you know, he just put an A on it and hadn't read it. I would have walked out just like Karen, so I don't blame her at all. Yeah. And then later it's revealed, you know, that he did read it previously. Yeah, I read that in the script, and I actually want to, like, you to spark a conversation from that. Do you think he read it after he gave the A or before? Because I really do not think he read it before. He said he read it, but I don't think he read it before he gave the eye. Because, I mean, for one thing, the paper, like, uh, Karen's paper's, like, right in the middle of that stack. Yeah, I was thinking that he read it before, or at least I wanted to believe that he read it before, but why wouldn't he have put a grade on it if he had read it previously? Like, you know? Like, why did he wait to put a grade on it until she was there? Yeah, or maybe he, like, skimmed through it, like, as soon as Karen gave it to him, because, I mean, at the end of the day, oh, like, this is my girlfriend, I'm really curious about what she wrote. So he skimmed through it without grading it, maybe? I don't know. And that's what he means by reading it? But, I don't know, I didn't buy that he actually read it, personally. And then they make up and go have sex. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, I'm happy that Karen's happy, but it's still, it is weird. I mean, the one that, again, this relationship is so, again, it's so problematic, and I feel like we could we could keep saying that every single week. But I do like the fact that Anzi pointed out that, like, you know, the fact that you're a mom and a businesswoman, uh, that's prepared you more than textbooks ever have. 
And I feel like that was very powerful to say. Because, I mean, it's like, at the end of the day, even if Karen gets her diploma and everything like that, that doesn't mean anything. She has lived experience of being a businesswoman. And that is going to be much more important than actually having a degree or, like, you know, passing your class and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. And I almost wonder why Karen is even taking these classes. She's successful on her own with a cafe and she just opened up Trick. And that seemed, that's a whole nother thing. Like, how... We have in season one that they're struggling with money, but she was now in season two able to open up another business, but that's another, <laughs> that's just my observation. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. And it happened so quickly and effortlessly. And here they have a wonderful all ages nightclub. But I mean, she's clearly successful on her own. I don't really even know why right. she needs the classes personally. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if like, you know, having a degree in business will get you to certain places. I don't... I don't know. If you're opening stuff on your own, I don't I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know if that'll keep her open to other opportunities Maybe. or something. I, I have no idea. But I, I still just, in general, I still like the fact that Andy said that, though, because it really doesn't matter, like, whether or not she gets her degree, quote unquote, fairly. Like, the fact, like, you know, I got a C in my introductory journalism course in college. Oh, wow. So, yeah. yeah it and I ended up doing a pretty fine career as a journalist. <laughs> so. Yeah. So I feel like that was, like, really, uh, th- th- that was interesting to say. Like, especially because, like, I know it just from my own lived experience. So, like, yeah, it really doesn't matter. Why is this such a thing? I know. And that that's a whole larger debate, really. Like, mm-hmm. the worth of education. To some, for sure. I mean, obviously, it's important to some. It's it's important to some degree, but like advanced education, you know, mm-hmm. getting multiple degrees and all that stuff. Like, is it really worth it? Especially in this case with Karen, you know, she has all this lived experience, so it's valuable. For sure. So I found it so funny when Karen and Andy bumped into Jules and Keith. <laughs> <laughs> like it was yes. just so awkward, <laughs> so awkward. <laughs> Jules is like, so, this sucks, huh? <laughs> First round's on me. Yep. And then in our deleted scene, we get so much yes. more. <laughs> did you jot out did you drop out the exact quote? I didn't jot down the exact quote, but basically Jules Because I did. Oh you did. Oh, okay. Do you want to share yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> so there's like a little bit of awkwardness between all of them. And then Jules just says, screw it. Let's just get this out of the way. You were in love with her, stuck around for years, and then she broke your heart. Now she's dating a professor, which is great in a Van Halen, hot for teacher sort of way. But she's moved on, and you're moving on. Hell, I'm moving on, and I wasn't even a part of it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was perfect for Jules to say, because, like, that's yeah. part of her personality, like, just to tell it as it is. Yeah, and then Karen thanks her for getting it all out in the open. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was just... It was just a great way to break the ice, you know? <laughs> it really was. And I like that, like, brief interaction between, like, Karen and Jules right there. Because it's like, at the end of the day, like, why are they... Again, women competing against each other. They're not competing against each other. They don't feel threatened by each other. <laughs> you know? It's... Yeah. I almost wish they would have even continued that scene. I wanted to see more. <laughs> like, of what, what they talked yeah. about afterwards. Because, like, in yeah. the actual episode, you don't... You just get the awkward moment. And then I think it was only one one scene, right? They just bumped into each other, and that was that. Yeah. So the deleted mm-hmm. scene gives you more, and I, w- I would just love to see beyond that uh, as well. Oh, it's so good. It, it was probably just edited for time, mm-hmm. too. And, yeah. and that's just so unfortunate. But 
I like seeing those two together, and I would like to think that maybe Jules and Karen could be friends. I know. I mean, Karen did it with Deb, so. Yeah. Well, she's she's dating Deb, just to clarify. <laughs> um, Jules, I would just like to see the two of them be friends. <laughs> okay, Jeremy. So, have you ever ate uh, strawberry ice cream and cocoa pebbles? I have not. Neither have I. <laughs> I didn't have anywhere else to go with that story. Just... <laughs> I literally just have that written down. Strawberry ice cream and cocoa pebbles. Why did I why did I make note of that? I don't know, but Well, I think that whole scene just, just really shows how happy they they're kind of just like content being together. Yeah. And it was just a cute And it is scene. cute. And then that's why Keith gives Jules a key to his apartment or pl- house or place or whatever. We had a whole debate on whether or not Keith had an apartment earlier when we were reading the recaps. <laughs> yeah, it's a little unclear. I don't think you ever see the outside of it. So Yeah. I don't know. That's a big step, though. Yeah, it is. Sounds like the two of them are getting serious. I know, because, like, that's pretty quick. I mean, not that she's moving in, but, like, just, it's just a key, you know, she can come when she wants. But exactly, still a big step. All right, this coda. Yes. The song is Every Ship Must Sail Away by Blue Merle. All right. So Nathan and Haley hug in the apartment as Haley has a look of guilt. Lucas comes home and overhears Karen and Andy frolicking in the bedroom. Good good <laughs> good choice of words, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna say fucking in the bedroom. <laughs> well they I think they weren't at that point, they were just kinda giggling, but <laughs> yeah, th- that whole thing was weird, by the way, because he said, I-, I heard Karen say, like, oh, hello, Professor. And I'm like, I'll just get this away, stop. <laughs> Did she really? I didn't catch that. Oh, gosh. She said something along those lines. I forget what she said. I just wanted to block that out from my memory, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. So Anna confronts Felix about causing drama, and Felix confesses he really likes Brooke, but it's against the rules, and he doesn't know what to do. Brooke comes home and lays on her stripped mattress, and Nathan goes to the river court to tell Lucas he doesn't have HCM, and Lucas responds, dramatically, one and two, right? And then fade to black. Oh, snap. All right, let's move on to our favorite moments. So, I know <laughs> I know, we both had the same favorite quotes. Do you have any uh, honorable mentions? Yeah, and then my honorable mention is the one with Lucas at the end, just because I feel like it- Gives you It chills. just gives me chills. It's like, oh, snap. It's a powerful moment. Sure. Yeah, I just feel I feel that moment. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what about your honorable mentions? <laughs> I mean, I love Haley's delivery of the whole. Wait, wait a second. You you don't have a bed, do you? Did you tell me you didn't have sex in my bed, Brooke? <laughs> <laughs> and then the other look. This isn't even like really a quote. I just love Hillary Burton's face during this scene. <laughs> Because Peyton is talking about how uh, how Felix has been in the shower forever. <laughs> she's like, what is he doing? Brooke is like, I don't know, shave it. And she's like, what, his legs? He's been in there forever. And then Brooke's like, Cause, yeah, because your luck, your luck is so washed and go. And then Peyton's like, huh. And then she puts a marshmallow in her mouth and she does this like weird thing with her mouth. Like <laughs> yep. she tilts her head to the side. Like, I don't know why that whole thing just makes me laugh so hard. It just makes sound like, huh. <laughs> See, I love the banter with uh, Brooke and Peyton. I just love it. It's some of the best banter of the show, I think. It's just so cute. Like yeah. the, the way these women just play off of each other. It is just so, so good. Yep. But anyway, what what was your uh, favorite musical moments? So, okay. 
What's yours? <laughs> is it Holiday by the Cosmos? Yep. <laughs> is it really? No, 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 it's not. I was about to say, damn, that was a joke I was going to do. <laughs> well, anyway, what's yours? Because I'm honestly between two. Mine is for sure. Stars go blue. So I love that song. I don't feel like I necessarily connect to the moment. Okay. And we talk about, obviously, I love that song. Love it. Right. But I don't know if the moment really did anything for me in this episode. And, well, spoiler okay. alert, you hear the song again at various other times, so. What? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it'll be my favorite musical moment then. But I really love okay. the ending, um, Every Ship Must Sail Away, by Blue. Oh, the Coda. Blue, is it Merle or Merle or I don't, I'm not really I- sure. <laughs> I don't know, honestly. But I know this song. <laughs> I know this song. It was also in an episode of Friday Night Lights. So Friday Night Lights fans, oh, really? you, may, you may know that. I love that moment, too. So I feel like I love that moment okay. in that show, and I I love the moment. Like, I love this song as a coda, too. I feel like all of the scenes, there was a lot going on with, like, Nathan and Haley, um, Anna and Felix having that conversation, and then the ending with Nathan and Lucas. Like, it was just powerful to me. I think it was a solid song for the, all of those moments. Interesting. But yeah, yeah, my honorable mention would be The Stars Go Blue. But that's like my favorite song if we were choosing favorite songs. <laughs> I like the moment, personally, because I don't know, it was just nice to see Haley in a recording studio. Yeah. And honestly, I just love seeing Bethany Joyland sing, too. Like, any scene where she will sing, it'll probably always be one of my favorite moments. Yeah, she's amazing. She really is. Mm-hmm. So what do you give the episode? I give it four out of five girl talks. It would have been a five out of five if it wasn't for Felix. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> like I say. I also, <laughs> all the yep. time. I also give it four out of five pillow fights. Hell yeah. I think it's a standout episode for season two. And it almost gets a five out of five. I can't really articulate what brings it down. Felix. It's okay. But just, just say Felix. It's like a four and a half out of five, but you won't let me do half scores, so I'm giving it four out of five. Okay. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Oh, but yes, go Stacey Rockheiser. We love to say it. Oh, good writing in this episode. Fantastic. Yes. Holiday. It's the best I... and forever is on twitter instagram and facebook at always oth pod you can also email us at always oth pod at gmail.com i'm jeremy rodriguez and you can find me on twitter at rodriguez jeremy and i'm caitlin illinich and you can find me on twitter at miss i reads outside of following our socials the easiest way to support us is by rating and reviewing us on apple podcasts that helps One Tree Hill fans new and old find us. You can also support us via Patreon, where for as low as $2 a month, you can gain access to bonus content, our private Discord server where you can chat with us and other listeners, and early episode releases. Visit patreon.com slash alwaysothpod for more information. Now, if you don't want future episodes of One Tree Hill to be spoiled for you, now is the time to turn this podcast off. Otherwise, stay tuned for the spoiler segment after the music ends. We'll be seeing ya.
Welcome to the spoiler segment of Always and Forever. This is your last reminder to turn off the podcast if you do not want spoilers. So the moment I was referring to where Rick returns is when he tries to sell Peyton cocaine. And then that's when Jake returns. Oh, yes. So I was remembering it as you were saying. Like, Mm -hmm. it took me a bit, but I... I remembered. Um, I just, I guess I didn't remember that it was him exactly, but I guess it, it makes sense that it was him because, yeah. Yeah. I think that's his last scene, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as, like, you know, his presence in the series and whatnot, you might as well say it's over because, yeah, that's his last uh, official episode. And she had drugs at one point later on because, remember, she flushes them down the toilet? I think that's the next episode, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Because I, I know that happened also. You know what? Now I'm starting to wonder, I think maybe Rick comes in for, like, the next episode. Because remember, like, the episode ends with uh, Rick leaving a message on Peyton's voicemail. I think he actually yes, gives her a bottle yes, of coke. Yes, because it's, the, it's the, um, the formal episode, and remember, she's I think she's in her dress, or she's getting ready, and she's in the bathroom, and she flushes it down. Now I remember. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, okay, so he has two more appearances. Okay. Well, he wasn't too memorable because I couldn't remember that. And I just watched this back in like March or April. (laughs) Yeah. He's not a very interested villain. But I mean, I'll always remember him and not see where Jake comes back because that's like, that scene is so iconic. Like when the camera like, you know, goes up and then he reveals his face. That is so, so good. I am so excited to talk about that episode, that coda. It is going to be wild. I am very excited. I think that's. That's a, definitely a five-star episode. <laughs> yeah, it's probably for me, too. Despite Felix's presence, that might be the five out of five for me, but we'll see. I might dissect it a little bit more further. <laughs> so then you also put some other topics down here on the spoilers. Yes, I did. So, yeah, Nathan joins the Popcats later on in the series. Yeah, that's funny that they keep using that team. Yeah, I didn't I didn't even realize that because, I mean, I never make the sports connections or anything. So it is kind of funny to see mm-hmm. that actually happen that way. You know, it's like, oh, this is a nice like little foreshadowing moment. I don't even know if they knew it was going to be a foreshadowing moment at the time. Like, was Nathan always going to be in the NBA? I'm not really sure. Yeah. And was he on the Bobcats? I can't remember the team that he was on, like in se- the season five flashbacks. Versus, like... Wasn't he in the Charleston Chiefs? Okay, I think you're right, yeah. And then he was on the... At one point in time. The Bobcats. That was later on after he, like, his injury was healed and everything. Yeah. And speaking of his injury, actually, um, I I feel like, like, this episode made me think about the future a little bit more in depth than I was expecting. So, in this episode, Nathan says that there's more to life than sports. So he talks about Haley and, you know, just... He talks about Haley and how much he loves her and everything. So it just made me think, like, is his depression in season five when he has his injury out of character? Because it kind of goes against, like, what happens here, you know? That's a valid point. I mean, yeah, he's saying one thing now. Like, life isn't all about sports. But then later on, when that's taken away from him, he enters. I mean, but, but also, Nathan never had HCM. Right. You know? And that injury was like, it was a freak accident, basically. Remember, he was shoved through the window? And I don't know. He was so far along. He was getting there in his career like he was going to be in the NBA. And then that happened. Yeah. I mean, I guess guess it can be looked at in a sense. Like, you know, like once he... Once he got the negative resolve for HCM, he realized like, okay, everything's going to be fine and dandy. So he was like riding on a high. 
And then his high essentially ended when he got his injury. And then that's when he's like, okay, now what? Now what the fuck do I know? Yeah, I know, because the injury was unexpected. I mean, HCM would have been unexpected, too. But, like, the injury was kind of, yeah, an accident. Um, Yeah. I don't know. And, like, I guess his feelings could change as time goes on. But he he feels, yeah, more adult in a way now like as a teenager like that that's an adult way to think about it exactly (laughs) like the fact that he's supposed to be 17 and he actually has the emotional intelligence to say something like that that is really powerful it is it's almost like unrealistic because what teenager is really gonna have that thought you know exactly Hmm. we know james lafferty wouldn't think that way because he was around the same age as nathan because he said sword (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when he kissed Hillary Burton. <laughs> oh, gosh. I can't wait to talk about drama queens. <laughs> yeah, same. That's something. Yeah, as of, as of now, uh, Caitlin and I still haven't recorded our uh, drama queens commentary. So we're looking forward to, like, all of the conversations we are going to have. It's happening very soon. <laughs> very soon. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also, uh, we had to find out later on that Lucas does have HCM, and then that, like, causes a big shred of storylines. Yeah. He moves in with Dan to get his medication. He ends up having a heart attack. And the thing about that is, like, before he was diagnosed, he had no issues on the court. Like, on the river court, on the actual basketball court. And then as soon as he's diagnosed, (laughs) he has, you know, the heart attack and, and issues. Isn't that kind of weird? Yeah, now that I think about it. I've always thought that, actually. I've always thought that. That's a good point, actually. It's like he was always fine on the Mm -hmm. court, yeah. No issue at all. And he was on the river court for, like, all of his life. Just to create drama. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Because then he suddenly has to limit his time on the court, remember? Exactly, yeah. He can only be, like, in for a certain amount of minutes or something. Well, I mean... I guess Lucas just had to think to himself, you know what? The trick? <laughs> I'm pausing right now because Caitlin is trying to hold back laughter for what I'm about to do. I can't help it. Lucas was, <laughs> Lucas was thinking to himself, the trick is to keep breathing, which is also the title of the ninth episode of season two, which we will discuss next time. Oh, you get me every time. <laughs> Time. <laughs> you never know where I'm gonna go with this, and I just gotta keep you on your toes. And I get to literally watch Jeremy struggle through it. <laughs> Sometimes, at least. I was not struggling with that. That was a completely <laughs> organic transition. <laughs> oh anyway. gosh! And taken from our OTH DVD box sets. Guys in tuxes, girls in evening gowns, and everybody in emotional turmoil. The Tree Hill High formal should be the happiest night of the year, but drugs, lies, jealousies, and memories ruin the fun. We'll be seeing ya. ya.